Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. tonight is have you been tested have you ever been tested the reason i came up with the topic of this show i i receive a lot of phone calls and i receive a lot of emails from people and they're just going through they're just being tested i received a phone call just the other day from a lady telling me that she received a call from one of her friends and uh, they had just left the doctor and the doctor gave them some bad news that they only had about six months to live and she was begging me, Greg, I need you to pray for my friend. I need you to pray for my daughter. And she was just going through. She had about three or four family members that were just dealing with issues, and she was just bearing it all, and she just felt she was at her breaking point. And uh, it, it was just so sad to hear her suffering and going through what she was going through. Tonight we're supposed to have our special guest, Mrs. Harris. She called, and she's going through. She's being tested right now as we speak. So she won't join us tonight, but we, we I do have my co-host, Brian Henderson, here. Brian, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, Brian, I'm glad to have you on tonight. Glad to be here, glad yeah. to be here. As I was saying earlier, you know, when you receive phone calls from people just going through, you know, it made me look back over my life and 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 think about the times that I was tested and the things that I had to go through. And, you know, sometimes you get tired, you, you just, your, your flesh just gets so tired and you want to tell people, you know what, stop putting all your, all your burdens on me. But I've learned that there's a reason that these people are reaching out to you. And one thing I found out that people, when people are suffering, they are very careful with the people that they call to pray for them. Brian, am I right? Do you agree with that? I, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Brian, I think you said that you had some family members that were being tested as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, even myself, I'm going through a test right now. Um, I have allerg- I have an allergic reaction to smoke. And if you're in Tallahassee or anywhere near it, you know about all the fires that are going on in South Georgia, North Florida area around Lake City. And we're getting a lot of that smoke, and the smoke is just sitting right on top of the city. And... You know, if you're in the city, you know that it's real smoky, your eyes water, your nose runs, and it's, I've just been having a constant battle with it. I can't even go outside for, you know, more than five minutes without coming in sneezing and wheezing. So I'm actually being tested right now. 
Well, you'll pass the test. Just hang in there. Just like I oh, tell yeah. everybody else, you just stay, stay focused, pray, and you you'll make it through the test. You know, and that's something that we all have to realize is that when you're going through the test, don't just stay there. Don't just stay there. Fight that thing. Fight it back. Pray. Use what use the tools that God gave us. And, you know, when you're going through the test, pick that Bible up. There's nothing that you can go through that's not in that Bible. And, Brian, just this Tuesday, you and I, we were at the detention center here in Tallahassee, and we were talking to the kids about preparing for situations like this. Right. You know, right. I asked a question to the kids. Have you ever seen a baseball player stand at the plate without a bat? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a basketball player stand at the free throw line with two seconds left without the basketball in his hand? The quarterback on the football team, have you ever seen him without the football? So when the enemy strikes us and we don't have that Bible, we're just like those players. We're standing there and we don't have a chance. So we have to know what the Word of God says in order to stand in that fight. Do you agree? I totally agree. I mean, he gives you clues in Ephesians where he tells you to put on that breastplate of righteousness, that helmet of salvation, the sword. You know, you have the shield. You know, you have all these weapons of warfare, that he t- and he gives you an example of being prepared for that battle. You know, and that's what a test is. A test is just, is just a, a period of time or a moment in time where, your faith is being, uh, where, where whatever your when you have that particular faith, your faith is being tried. Yes. Your faith is being proven. You know, if you have faith that you will come out of that particular test or you'll pass that test, it's just like when you're in school and you take a test. They're that they're they're assessing your knowledge level about a, a particular subject, and so when you're tested in the in life, all you're being all they're doing is they're assessing your faith level. Yes. You know, how, how how strong is your faith? How much have you studied about your faith? Yes, yes. I mean, the word is the word of faith. You have to believe in that word. You have to have faith that those principles that are set in the word, those promises that are given in the word will come true. Yes. And so when you go through a test, they're just that's where you're being assessed. God is assessing your faith in him. Yes. Well, Brian, let me ask you this. Well, let me say this first, and then I'll ask you a question. When, I, when we talked about doing this radio show, my whole goal was, you know what, we need to spread the good news about God. And for us to do that, we have to be transparent. We have to let people know the things that we suffered with and the things that we went through. But a lot of times people, they hold their test, they keep them to themselves. And that test is not just about you. That test is for you to minister and, and, and just let people know how good God is and how he brought you out of that test. So with that being said, Brian, what has been the, the, your biggest test or the biggest thing that you had to struggle with that you came out of and you gave God the glory? Wow. I mean, I think it's, uh, it's a constant struggle to please him. Because you war with your flesh, and your flesh wants to do what it wants to do, and so I would say the biggest test that I that I've gone through is to see others struggle right. with their flesh, and me not being able to help them other than to just give them a word of encouragement and a word of hope that comes from the Lord, and so that's that's really why I do what I do. I mean, I'm a certified HIV. 
pre-test, post-test counselor, and I also administer the HIV test, and I see people struggling with even taking the test. Mm-hmm. They struggle with the questions that I ask them about taking the test, you know, and then when they take the test, they struggle They struggle with coming back to get their their um, results, you know, and, it, and even with taking that test, it's a test in itself because it says, have you reached that level? You know what I mean? Have, have you gotten to that point? See, that, that test itself is a test not just designed to see whether you're positive or negative. It's a test about where your mindset is. Because if you if you go in that test to take that, to t- when you go to take an HIV test, your mindset is tested because you have to really decide on what you're going to do if you're positive and what you're going to do if you're not positive. But see, nobody ever focuses on the positive issue as much as the, they do no, I'm sorry. Nobody ever focuses on what are they going to do if they're negative as much as they do if they're positive. Yeah. You know, if they're negative, they're like, oh, good, I'm glad. And then nine times out of ten, they go back doing the same behavior. Yeah. And see, we're yeah. creatures of habit. When we're tested and we never and we go into that test with a mindset that, boy, if I come out of this test, I'll be all right. You, they never go in the mind, they go, never go into the test with a mindset of, why am I being tested? Why me? What was the reason that I had to go through this test? Is there a blessing that's coming through this test? Is there a testimony in this test? I mean, I, I, I used to hear preachers and and uh, believers say, no, test, no testimony. That's true. Well, see, your true testimony is not in the test. It's not in you being tested. It's the way that you react to taking the test. Yes. Brian, hold that thought. We're going to come back to that, that HIV and AIDS testing because that's something big that we all need to discuss, and that's something that's, you know, that's something that in, in, in all communities, it's just fear is just rampant with that. A lot of people don't want to know. They'd rather die than know. They'd rather get sick than know that they have it. To the callers, if you just to the listeners, I'm sorry that's call, that want to call in. The call in number is seven one eight five zero eight nine six zero zero. We have a caller from the three one four area code. Caller, please state the state you're calling from, please. Hello. Hey. Hello. Good evening. How are you? How are you? Have you ever been tested, caller? Yes, I have definitely been tested. <laughs> How did what uh, what happened? How did you did you come out of it? Oh, uh, uh, most definitely. Um, I share this testimony with a lot of my friends, especially in the area that I work in. Um, I work with individuals who are on the process of finding a job or bettering themselves, and they have. We have some individuals who have attitude issues or have issues dealing with officials or dealing with some of their superiors. And I told them, I'll tell them an incident that I just had to deal with quite recently ago. I was placed in a situation where my employers, where I worked, had negative, just a negative attitude. And then when they found out that I was Christian, oh, that was just it. (laughs) Everything and anything they could say 
they dished it out against me. They said, but now, now these same people were proclaiming to be Christian themselves, but they wanted to say everything and anything just to get a rise to see, oh, we're going to see how much of a Christian she is. She's going to cuss us out in about mm, five months. They had a running bet. So, Carla, you're saying that <laughs> you think that you were being attacked because you're a Christian and you're you're following Jesus? Definitely. Definitely. Well, that was the well. The test was was I still going to hold on, and that I definitely did. I, in spite of what was going on in that situation, God told me there was a purpose of why I was there, and that His purpose was going to prevail no matter what. I mean, they had opportunities of threatening me from losing my job to anything. I mean, they whatever they could at me and with me working at HR with them it was like oh they had validation if they could have so do you think it was worth oh most definitely because what happened was an individual who worked with me she actually worked for another company and she saw in spite of what I went through the heart that I had for the people that I worked around and my purpose was to deal with their needs. I really wasn't. I was in the place I was supposed to be for me to progress where I am now because now I'm in a position now where I'm contracted through the company that I work for. So the same people that were trying to attack you had to turn around and promote you to a higher position. Exactly. Not only so, the, not so only in the, essence, you have passed the assessment. Exactly. We have another caller calling in from the 757 area code. Caller, would you please state what state you're calling from? Hello, caller. Are you there? I guess they hung up. Okay, we have someone from the 972 area code. Caller, are you there? Well, we're losing everybody tonight. Brian, let's go back to the to the HIV AIDS and, and testing. What's the youngest age person uh, that you had that, that came in and, and it was that, that went through the test? The youngest person that I've ever tested was actually 12 years old. Wow. And it just says something about having someone come in and get tested that's 12 years old. I mean, I have young children. My oldest, I have twins, and they're both 10. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine my astonishment when I see a 12-year-old come in with her mother and she wants to be tested. And I'm like, okay, Mom, you can't be in the room while I test her. Is there, Brian, let me, I'm sorry to cut you off, but 12 years old, why yeah. would a 12-year-old want to come in and be tested for HIV? Did you guys ask if something had happened, if she was raped, or if she... Well, she most of those questions... Or? Most of those questions we do ask, and they're confidential questions, so I won't really get into the exact questions I ask and how they answer. Okay. But to say, uh, for the most part, we do we do give them a pre-counseling session where we ask them certain questions about their, you know, their sexual behaviors, you know, who they've been, you know, who they've slept with, how many partners they've had in the last couple of, you know, weeks, months, whatever, and so we get into that particular discussion. And then we administer the test, and then we give them some counseling about their behaviors and, you know, ways that they can modify, change their behavior. Now, when I'm dealing with a person 
especially someone under 18, I always tell them abstinence is the key. Abstinence is the key. That's something that I promote seriously and wholeheartedly because I have family members who have who are living with HIV as well as family members who have, you know, developed full-blown AIDS and died as a result of it. And so this is a very passionate issue for me wherein I've seen what HIV and AIDS can do to an individual as well as what it can do to a family. And so I'm very passionate about what I do. And when I'm testing somebody, I try to tell them the truth. I give it to them basically straight up. I don't sugarcoat it. I don't candy wrap it. I tell them exactly. If you continue on the path that you're on, you are headed for HIV. So, Brian, let me ask you this. When you say you're very passionate about the HIV and AIDS and the testing, the people getting tested, have you experienced it firsthand? You mean the test itself? No, uh, watching someone suffer. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I had an aunt that passed away, I believe it was in 90, I want to say it was 96 maybe 94, 96 when she passed away. I can't remember exact date, but I watched her literally, you know, shrivel up. Uh, and I'll just be frank. I watched her literally shrivel up and die right before my eyes. And that was one of, you know, I always say, I don't like to say favorite aunts, but that was the aunt that if I didn't see any of my other aunts, I would go by and see her. You know, and I would I would make it my business to go and see everybody when I was in town. But I, if I didn't see her, I didn't leave town. And, you know, she was, and you know, not to say she was my favorite, but she was my favorite. You know, she was the one that she always was the life of the party. You know, and she was a, she, and she actually, she wasn't promiscuous or anything like that. She got it from her boyfriend. And then she was a drug user. And so she shielded her pain by using drugs. Wow. And the drugs, while they, while they helped her cope with her pain, with her physical pain, the drugs also basically destroyed her. Because did not, mean? huh? Did you, did you have any, did you try to motivate her? Was there, I mean, but I, I guess that's kind of a hard question to, to ask someone, you know, to ask you, did you motivate her while she was going through this sickness or going through this phase and this woman, obviously she knew that time was near. Right. What was her mindset? How did you deal with her, knowing that she was preparing for death? You know what? The thing about it is she knew that she had it, but she would never claim that she had it. If you asked her, if she was alive today and you could ask her, did you have AIDS, she would say no. She never... And the sad part about it was that she never got tested, even though she knew that her boyfriend died from it. And someone else that her boyfriend had dated had died from it. But she never got tested. She was afraid to get tested because she didn't want that stigma of someone who's HIV positive associated with her. And we didn't know for sure if she had it, but we had a good idea but she would always just say, well, it's because I use drugs. That's why, that's why I look like I look. It's because I use drugs. That was, that was her excuse. That was her out. 
that was her way of basically cheating on a test, where her test should have been a testimony, and it actually became a testimony. Her death became a testimony for me and what I do right now in, in the fight against HIV and AIDS because I, I looked at her and I watched her because you got to remember, she was the life of the party. She was the one when if there was a party, she was the entertainment. She was sort of like the Monique and some more and, you know, all the comedians that you see, queens of comedy, she could have sat them all down. And she'd tell you, all I needed was one Colt 45, and I'm good. I'll lie the party up. You know, that was, the type, that was her attitude, right. you know. And it pained me to, to know that she was going through that, you know, because I was young. And I, I was always thinking, what could I do? I can't help her because, she, first of all, she wouldn't own up to it. That was her way of strengthening herself. She said, I'm not going to claim it. She said, I'm just, and this was her statement. I'm just a child of God. I'm not going to claim it. You know, that was her way of, of not having to deal with this situation. You know, but the truth is she had to deal with it daily. Because right. just imagine knowing that every day you had to go through, you had to basically mask your pain by using drugs. And And not that I'm condoning the use of drugs, but when you think about it, People that that ha- that are HIV positive, that's what they have to do because they have to take HIV medication. They're using drugs to mask their pain. And and the thing about it is, the only difference in the drugs that she was using and the drugs that they were using is that the drugs she was using were cheap and illegal, and the drugs that that the HIV people, the people with HIV have to use, are legal and expensive. I mean, it's very expensive uh-huh. to to manage um, yourself when you when you ha- when you have HIV. I think the average cost in the state of Florida is around thirty thousand dollars a year just for medication. Wow! But that has nothing to say about the the mental ramifications of managing something when people have pretty much written you off as being untouchable, a virtual modern day leper. Yes. If you're just calling in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Right now, uh, Brian, we have another caller from the 972 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Caller, have you ever been tested? That's the topic tonight. Have you? For HIV? No. No. Just tested, period. Have you ever been tested? Not, Not just for HIV. Have you ever been tested to the point where you felt that you were going to die or you felt or just something just came up against you or you were going through a transition? Mm. Yes, <laughs> I have in different areas of my life. Um, one that I can think of that sticks out with me is a period that I went through during my teenage years. I uh, was diagnosed with a childhood form of leukemia, and I had to go through chemotherapy for my whole high school, um, the whole time that I was in high school. So I was dealing with the regular stuff plus that. And that was, I would say, one of the biggest moments of my life that I was tested. Well, well let me ask you this. When you were going through that test, 
and I'm just glad that you're here. It's, it's, I, we all know that you passed the test. <laughs> to God be the glory for that. Amen. When you were going through your test, did you try to keep it a secret? And the reason I ask that is because, you know, when we are going through that test, we want to isolate ourselves, and we think that it's the worst embarrassing thing because we're going through that test. Did you try to keep it from your friends or hide it? Oh, yes. At first, you go through the normal stages, um, denial and anger and the different stages of being of any trial. And I went through a period where I didn't want anyone to know. I wanted to I wanted everything to remain normal the way that it was before and I didn't tell anybody but as my body changed I was thinking about what Brian was saying about his aunt not wanting to own up to it. I didn't go to that extreme but in a way I guess I did because I wouldn't tell people because I found out that when I told someone that it's hard to describe, I would see this change come over them in their eyes. And to me, I thought it was pity. And I was like, I don't want to look into someone else's face and see that. I want you to treat me like you always have. I want things to remain the same even though that they even though they changed. So for a period, I did keep it a secret. Only close members of my family and a few close friends knew, right. and they were only told certain things. They do weren't told remember, everything. Do you remember when you were told that you had leukemia? Yes, I do. Do you remember, do you remember the day? I don't remember the date specifically, but I remember the, the moment. I remember what I was wearing. Or it's, it's like you take a snapshot. I remember everything, who was there. Um, yeah, I remember all of that. You know, I think when you are, I've never been in a position position like you were in and Brian, like Brian Hunt was in, but at that point, I guess when someone tells you that you have HIV or you have leukemia, you have a choice at that point to either choose life or choose death. And God life. Did you have to battle with that at all? And I know you were just a, a teenager, you were just a kid. But 15. But, yeah, but to be 15 years old, to have a doctor come in and tell you that you have leukemia, that it's a possibility that, that you could leave here, mm-hmm. what in the world was that like? It's so... It shakes your world in a way that it's, you can't describe it. I mean, I'll try, but I had just turned 15. I was only 15 for a few months. Um, it was around Valentine's Day. I'm not sure around exactly what day it was. No, but it was in February. And the moment that you're told something like that, it's like a, it's like I could see his mouth moving, but I didn't. I blocked out what he said, my doctor. And you hear what the person says, but it's hard to take in. And it's, I don't really believe in out of body experiences, but I believe that that might have been the closest thing to it because it's like you're looking at yourself as it happens, but you're feeling it at the same time. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. 
um, it's just, it's crazy. You're feeling all these different things. You're feeling fear. You're feeling anger. You're feeling like this is unbelievable. Why is this happening to me? What did I do that was so wrong? Um, my mom says that she remembers it was she and I when it when they told us my father and brother hadn't made it to the hospital yet. So when the doctors left out, she says she remembers that I kept asking her over and over again, why me? What did I do that was so bad, was so wrong? And you have to come to grips with what's going on. At the same time, you're wondering, okay, God, where are you? You go through so many emotions at the same time. It's, it's hard to isolate this one particular feeling that you have. But what I do know is that my faith was tested in a way that it hasn't been since. I mean, it, it, I've got through things that have come close. Right. But at that age, I hadn't been. I, I knew that I was a Christian. I felt that I was a Christ follower. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus and all of that. I went to church. I figured I was a pretty good person, <laughs> which doesn't get you into heaven, but you know what I'm saying. You know, you, you you feel that at that age that you're invincible, bad things happen to bad people, and if you're good, then you'll be okay. So all, with all of that going on, you have this in your face, this, this making you face up to reality. This is what's real, okay? Are you going to believe in God or not is basically what it boils down to. And so your faith is just shaken to its core. Yeah. And, you know, when you were 15, when you were going to church with your parents, and I'm sure they were taking you to church in Sunday school as we all, you know, grew up that way, you hear them talking about faith and you hear them talking about situations like this and you hear them talking about how they pray to God and how God will uh, do what he do, and, and they tell you to pray. So now, you know, you've heard all of this. Mm-hmm. Now, what they, their faith, you couldn't use their faith. Right. You had to know God for yourself. You mm-hmm. had to talk to him for yourself, even though the rest of the people in the church were praying for you and your parents were on their knees crying out to the Lord to to heal you. You had to know him for yourself. I know it was times that probably at night when you couldn't sleep, when you were dealing with this and thinking about what was going on and what was going to happen. What are, what, what are some of the things, that the, the conversations that you had with God during that time? Like I said a moment ago, I considered myself a Christian, thought that I was pretty close to God, but when this happened, I realized I wasn't as close to God as I thought I was. And it was during this time that he drew me closer to him. And it's funny that you should say, you know, talking to him, what conversations we had on a daily basis, that's how it was. And, you know, some people may not believe this, but he came and sat with me every day. I mean, I I couldn't see anything, but I felt his presence there every day with me, not just through the chemo treatments and the shots or whatever I had to take at the time. But just coming and sitting with me, he ministered to me on a daily basis a lot of the time, all day. Because I had so many questions about myself, so many questions about life, 
for a long time, I figured this is it. This is the way that I'm going to leave this world. I'm not going to make it to 16. I'm not going to... I'm not going to love, I'm not going to have kids. You know, you you deal with all these feelings and thoughts about your life that you wouldn't have thought about before. What? Your dreams come into play. I'm not going to get the chance to go to college or, you know, fulfill the dreams that you have. And he just came and he sat with me every day. And he just poured into me. Not necess- Sometimes it was through words. Sometimes it was just a feeling that he would place inside of me that it's going to be okay. This is hard right now, but this is for a greater purpose. That's all that he kept saying to me for a period of time. This isn't just for you. And at the time, I couldn't understand that. I'm like, okay, if this isn't just for me, why am I hurting? <laughs> why am I the only one hurting right now? Yeah. You know what, Terry? I went through a stage when I was young. I dealt with I had to deal with death at a very young age. I'm the youngest of three boys and my oldest brother at the time, I was probably five or six years old, was killed in a, a hunting accident. And he was fourteen. Mm-hmm. So I, my my next older brother, Christopher, was nine years old. So I thought because I had to deal with death at a young age, I thought that my 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 middle brother was gonna die at fourteen. Wow. So I had to deal with that every single day, watching him go to school and come home worried. I worried. I, I, I held that in. I went into a shell. No one knew. I kept it to myself because my parents were still trying to deal with losing their 14-year-old. And as Christopher got closer to 14, it got worse. It It, it was just terrible. So when he made it to 14... I felt better. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, you know, maybe I'm going to leave here at 14. So now I'm dealing with that all over again. Wow. I made it to 14. Now, 20 years later, Christopher, my, my little brother, was killed in an accident. Now I'm the only one left. And here I am thinking, is what in the world is going on? Is, is, am I going to be next? When will my time come? And, you know, a lot of people may not know this or believe this, but that's how you think when you're young and you're Mm -hmm. going through something and you're dealing with it. You're thinking this is it. This is, I'm not going to live past a certain age because this is what happened to my other two brothers. So I had to deal with that on a daily basis. Even when I was grown, I had to deal with that. And now what I've done, it's probably been about three years ago that I actually let go of that. And I'm no longer afraid. But what I had to do was tell the Lord, you know, there's nothing I could do. You have my life. So I give my life to you. Whatever you do with me is fine. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this topic tonight is because so many people are going through and they don't have that hope. But for the callers callers, and the people that are listening in, please listen to what we're saying because joy is coming. Uh, the caller, you just heard the caller say that she had leukemia at a young age. She made it. I made it. 
It's just a test that you have to go through. It's basically, what are you going to do with your choices? What are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? Brian, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. We have another caller on from the 909 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, caller. What state are you calling from? California. Have you ever been tested? Um, yes, I have. I have. You want to share with us? You don't have to tell us exactly what it was that you were tested with. You could tell us how do you how did you deal with it? What was your mindset as far as when you're going through it? What did you say? Um, Lord, why me? Did I do something wrong? Or what What was your thought? Um, this was, I guess, almost ten years ago now. I was um, I was raped, and out of that, I had a little girl. Mm-hmm. And um, I went through this period of actually when everything happened, and I did not know I was pregnant. I was okay. Mm-hmm. However, I knew I was pregnant. But I just didn't want to go to the doctor for them to tell me that I really was. Mm-hmm. So all this time I waited and waited and waited. Months went by knowing I was. And it took God having to literally forcing me to go to the doctor to face the reality of it. And um, I went into like this major denial um, and just kind of set myself off from everything, world, everything. Right. And um, it was difficult for me, one, because um, I was functioning in ministry at my church. And being young in ministry, you already have a hard time. Yes. And, you know, people are looking at you, expecting you to mess up. And so I'm sitting on the pulpit as a youth pastor, and here I am pregnant now. And um, it was a difficult time for me because I couldn't explain to anyone. I couldn't tell anyone. And I think for maybe four months, I didn't go to church. I stayed literally at home. I went to work, and I came home. And um, it was hard originally dealing with it. Yes. Because of my position, um, I even went to the doctor and actually tried to have an abortion and could not go through with it. Um, but it was a blessing in the end. Oh yes. Um, I can't. I can say right now to this day that I don't regret any decision I made in that. Um, I went through hell probably the first five years. Mm-hmm. Um, from backlash and retaliation from people, and, you know, it was just really a difficult time for me. But no one knew what had happened, am I correct? Correct. I never said anything to anyone. There was one, actually there were two pastors that knew. Um, I was was raped by a pastor, and so I went to someone within our, within our ministry, and, you know, they told me, you know, not to put my mouth on the men of God or I was going to be cursed. And so you can imagine how I felt. Yes. And the other person I told stood by me or whatever. And other than that, no, I didn't tell anybody 
all people knew was that I was pregnant and made the assumption that I was out fornicating, which was not the case. I was a virgin. So all you had at that point was Jesus. That's all I had. Was he enough? There were days where I felt like it wasn't enough because I would come home so depressed, crying. I went through so much with, I mean, I had to change my phone number because I had people calling me, you know, just waiting to see me mess up. And there were days I didn't even want to talk to God and I didn't want God to talk to me. Did did suicide ever enter your mind? Yes, it did. It did. What do you think it was that kept you? Um, I think it was a combination of God and the fear of God, fear of going to hell, and then... The more I started thinking about the God that was inside of me, and I'm like, okay, God, I can't do this. I mean, I even tried to. Right. You know, and I'm like, okay, you know, I can't do this. I mean, I just, I can never go through with it. Because all I could think of was, you know, I had the fear of God in me in the midst of everything that happened. And then the thought of having a child inside of me is that I wasn't only, you know, going to kill myself. But someone else So what would you tell someone that's listening right now That's going through, that's suffering That's in that dark place that you were What would you tell them as far as Hope Joy Faith and praise What would you tell them Um, I would tell them That no matter what Even though it seems like God's not there That he is there And when people aren't there and your last resort is God. And it seems like he's really not there. He really is. And to not to give up. And I promise you that if you keep pressing in, I had to even write affirmations to myself every day and actually look at them and read them. Right. Um, it talks about in the Bible where David had to encourage himself. And because it was just me, I had to encourage myself. And so... I would say encourage yourself and stay on your face in prayer. It gets lonely. I mean, so lonely. But I bet you when you wake up in the morning that it'll be better. I mean, you may go through it again, but until you're out of that situation, continue to see God because man will let you down all the time, but God never will. Yes, yes. You know, I thank you guys for being transparent because someone listening that needed to hear all of this tonight, someone is listening. And now when you look at your daughter, you just see this miracle baby, right? She's like the best thing that could have ever happened to me. She is like, and you guys know my daughter. I mean, when I look at her now, I'm like, I'm so grateful and thankful that I didn't have an abortion, that I didn't, you know, commit suicide because of what God has put inside of her. You know, I never would have in a million years thought that she would have turned out to be the child that she is who loves God and will boldly stand up for God. And she's like the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Wow. 
God is able. Joy will come. You know, we hear that all the time. Joy will come in the morning. Joy is coming. Yes. 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 Joy is here. We have another caller right now from the 757 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Have you ever been tested? Wow. Yes, I have. You want to share with mm-hmm. us? Well, first I want to say, being a young adult trying to live for God, I feel like I'm tested on a daily basis. Yes, you are. It's so many temptations, and then having a past, and, you know, people still look at you like that. It's a daily test to turn the other way and say no. Mm-hmm. But I also had a test similar to the caller earlier with leukemia. Um, I was, I haven't been diagnosed with lupus, and I won't say I have it, but the doctors for two or three years was telling me that's what it was leading up to and that's what I had. And it was a test for me because I was always a healthy child, and I'm only 17 now, but as a child I was um, very healthy. I didn't go to the doctor much, and then things just started happening. And I had a friend who um, was on life support for three months because of lupus, mm-hmm. and this happened right after she had got um better and she had came back and everything and it was hard for me because at this point you know I had been suicidal before but at this point I didn't want to die you know I had turned my life over to God and I wanted to live and hearing that and knowing what she went through and everything that was a struggle in itself I feel like I was tested and still being tested still going to the doctors and everything I still feel it's a test that you know I have to pass yeah, that's so amazing. And you, your friend was on life of life support for three months. I think is that what you said. Yes. And so you had to be around that, right? Did you ever think, you know what, this could be me? Yes, I thought that a lot of times. But the thing is, it sounds like you didn't accept that. Right at first, I'm, I remember when I first found out, I did come home and I was I was depressed and I was crying and everything. But you know, I had I have a lot of positive people in my life, and they were telling me you can't accept that, you know, you can't just take that as your verdict or whatever. And just recently, I've been getting sick a lot, and I had to tell myself that getting over a disease or getting over a sickness isn't always being completely cured for it, but it's not letting it dictate how you live your life. Wow! Wow! Now, that's powerful. Exactly. Exactly. That's powerful. So you had to know God for yourself. Right. And I think if it wasn't for that and some other things, I probably wouldn't have the relationship with God that I do have now. Wow. So it sounds like that what everybody went through, they wouldn't change a thing. Right. Right. Brian, did you have anything for the caller? Wow, I'm I'm just full right now. Um, it's amazing just to hear the last caller speak, and then she said she was just 17. It, it's just amazing how the Lord works. You know, most people don't understand that when the Lord takes you through something, it's a test. And when Satan takes you through something, it's more of a tempt, a test. Yeah. You know, and, and it's... It, how, it's like she said, it's how you respond. It's how you react to your situation. You know, you can choose to just pack it all in and, and, you know, slump over and cry about it. And, you know, you can choose life or you can choose death. 
and it sounds overwhelmingly that these uh, all the callers on the phone, you know, they they chose life. Yes. They chose to live and live through their test, yes. and it's all a true testimony. Uh, I do have a question um, for the last caller. You're still there. Yes. How did you react when you made it through your test? Um, I was. I'm happy because now I feel like I can live and I can do things that you know. Before I let my sickness stop me, my friends would go places or I have to go to church for something. And I'd be like, No, I don't feel like it. I don't feel good. But now I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. So powerful. We have another caller from the 434 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes. Hi. It's Shakira. Hey, Shakira. Hi, Greg. How are you? Hi. Uh, I, I know you've been listening in. <laughs> have you been tested? Uh, yes. Um, quite a few times. Uh I'll talk about one in particular. Um, about a couple years ago, um, my cousin died, mm-hmm. and that was pretty hard for me. I could have chosen to, uh, to mourn forever, or I could just, like, get over it and realize mm-hmm. that he's going to a better place, right. and that's what I chose to do. How did you do that? Did you do that because you knew that? I didn't hear you. How did how were you able to do that? Because it, it was it because of your relationship with God, or you you spent time with Him? Yes, to I get to that had point. A, I had to pray a lot about it, and I asked God to give me the courage to get over the whole thing. It was hard, and it took some time, but <clears throat> I was able to do it. This is what I'm getting from tonight, and Brian, uh, the callers, please tell, please correct me if I'm wrong. This this is what I'm getting. Everyone on this call went through something. And everyone on this call spent time with God. So to those that are listening, you have to spend your time with God. That's all he wants from you is to fellowship with him. And he said that it is impossible. It is impossible to please God without faith. And every one of you on this call, you've worked your faith. The caller said that she was raped. She wanted to commit suicide. She could have said to all of the people that came against her, I was raped. And that would have quiet everything. But she didn't. She chose to keep that between her and God, and she took it. The other caller said that she had leukemia. She fought. Fifteen years old. And we have adults, 35, 40, 50 years old. When something happens, they fall to pieces. God said trials and tribulations will come. None of us are exempt from that. It's coming. We need to be prepared when it comes to know that God is able He's still sitting on the throne. And we want to ask the question, why me? God is saying, why not you? Could this be happening because I'm bragging on you and the enemy is trying to prove me wrong? 
Mm. Could Sorry. it be that I want to fellowship with you more? Because God is going to get his glory out of every situation. And I think it's selfish of us when we go through tough situations like this and we just hold it in and we keep it to ourselves because there's so many other people out there that's hurting and they need to hear what you guys are saying. So if any of you on the call, if you have something, some last-minute things that you want to share, please feel free to do that. Actually, Greg, I do have some last things I want to share. Um and it's actually pertaining to what we talked about earlier on the show about uh, HIV and AIDS. Um, listeners, listeners, listen, you must know your status. It is absolutely imperative that you get tested and know your status. Knowing your status is like being prepared for the battle. It's like having the bat when you go to, to when you're at bat, you get your bat so you can hit the ball. It's it's like having your helmet when you go into the game. It's it's the most imp, it's the single most important thing you can do for yourself and your health and well being. You know, in the African American community, the rate of HIV is alarming. It's 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 scary when you think about it. In the state of Florida, it's one in every forty-six black people, black persons, male, female, one in every forty-six. That means if you're in a room with forty-six people, chances are one of you, you know, statistic-wise, are infected. Um, in other states, it's better, maybe worse. I believe in California, it's worse than that. Um, you have to get tested. You, it's just a matter of time. If you continue in, in the, at the rate you're going, if you're engaging in those activities that put you at risk, it's just a matter of time before you become uh, a part of the statistics. And so that, that would be my, my, my admonishment for you all, to know your status, get tested, get the results, get informed, and then go tell others. Caller from the 757, area code, are you still there? Yes. What do you tell your friends about God? Are you sharing the good news? Yes, most definitely. Do they want to hear it or they do Do they cut you off? And um, Not all the time do they want to hear it, especially like when you start talking about parties, sex, things of that nature. They don't always want to hear it, but... I know they always hear me. I have a friend um, who I work with, and she always comes back. She knows the Lord and everything. She always comes back, and she tells me about her parties and all the stuff she does. And I always, you know, put the word in her face. I always talk to her about it. Sometimes I don't think she's listening. But um, she wrote in my yearbook something that really touched me the other day. Um, I had wrote in her yearbook to behave when she went away to college and stuff. Right. And she said that she would continue to behave if I continue to fight temptation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, one time I was real weak, and I was like, well, I'm going to go with you to the party and everything. And she was like, no, I can't have you go to the party because you got to stay strong. You give all of us hope that we can get over this. 
And that, like, really touched my heart right there to know that they do listen and they respect me for trying to live for God, you know. Yeah, you know what? They people are watching you. Whether you know it or not, people are watching you. And when your friends have issues and problems that that are that that just overpower them, do they come to you for advice? A lot of times they do. Yeah, and I said earlier uh, before you called in, I was talking with Brian, and I said that it's when people are suffering. They're very careful with who they go to with their, their issues. So that means you mean a lot to them. And I say to you, continue fighting, continue praying, because you are such a blessing to this world, and God is using you. You're his example. I'd just like to add that, um in general, that you should continue to fight because God promised us that the battle's already won, so yes. there's no need in giving up. Yes, yes. How wonderful. Call it from the 972 area code. Was there anything that you had? There's just something that keeps going through my mind that I want to share. Don't, don't give up, even when it looks like it's the that you've ever gone through in your life It's for a reason It's there to strengthen you And to bring you up to the person that You were Meant to be I'm not the same person that I was when I was 15 I'm better But I couldn't have I couldn't be where I am now Without have, having been through What I went through And like you said a moment ago I wouldn't change a thing Because I had to go through that To be strong the way that I am now and be the Terry that I am now. It couldn't have happened unless I went through that. And now I'm able to encourage other people through what I went through to to go through what they have to go through. Wow. So my, my thing is don't give up and don't give in to what you're going through right now. Right. Caller from the 909 area code, did you have any last minutes? Um. I would just say that when this when a storm comes in your life, just to stand in the midst of everything and know that there is hope, know that there is a God who yes. who will keep you. And when it looks like everything else is just going crazy in your life, to stand in the midst of it, because yes. at the end of it, you'll come out much stronger. Yes. For everyone that's listening in, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. And right now, I want you guys to listen to something. And uh, as it, as you listen to it, I want you to think back over your life and think back about the things that you've gone through. And to, it's just life is, is just so precious, and we need to make the best of every minute of it. Give me a heal for my soul. 
For Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.